guys, I did not intentionally decide to start every podcast by saying that. It just naturally happens, and I feel like I realized that the other day, and now I'm kind of like, it's too late to back out now, and honestly, it just kind of happens. So hope you like the hello, hello intro. I did not realize that I'm incapable of saying anything else. Anyway, today on the podcast, we have Daytona, and I am super stoked for you to dive into this episode. I have been following Daytona for quite a while now. I literally forgot that we hadn't met in real life until I hopped on the call with her. Um, she is like the loveliest human, and she has been on this really beautiful journey lately that it is just been amazing to watch um, as she has really stepped into her power and just claimed and created a very, very beautiful life. So I was really excited to have her on the podcast. She talks about niching down. She talks about how raising her prices was the best thing she ever did for herself. She talks about actually listening to your intuition and your business, which is so powerful. So it's a really beautiful episode. It's short and it's sweet, and I know you're going to learn a lot. So thank you for being here. Stay till the end, and we will see you in there. All yes. right. Welcome to the podcast, Daytona. I'm thank you. so excited to have you here. Um, I feel like I've been chatting with you on the internet for a million years, like we just talked about. So I'm really excited to hear more about your story and like everything how you got here I've been loving watching you for the last like couple months specifically I feel like you have just stepped into like this glowy magic which I just love so do you want to introduce yourself tell us a little bit about you yeah I would love to um so yeah I'm Daytona Lamity I am a boudoir photographer I am based in Norfolk Virginia um my style of boudoir is very much not centered on a partner's gaze it's very much about the individual in front of my camera so keeping things like very real very like super feminine I kind of like to channel that like fine art renaissance sort of vibe rather than like the super sexy vibe so yeah I've been shooting boudoir for almost three and a half years now and it's been yeah it's been fun that's those are kind of the basics oh my gosh I love because I was really excited to see what like your intro for yourself would be because that is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things about your boudoir is that I feel like it's for the person who's getting photographed and it Mm -hmm. very much gives off that vibe rather than Mm -hmm. it being like a gift for your partner which I love 100 percent. even you know I get bookings that are like you know a gift for a partner but I had um someone she booked and she's like well my partner's birthday is next month and I was like that's like I've been, you know, booked up for, you know, months in advance for a while. Like, we're not going to be able to do that. And she's like, okay, well, I think I'm just going to do it for myself. So it's nine times out of 10, it's always the underlying reason, even if like, it's under the guise of like, I want to give my partner something. So it's cool seeing people do it for themselves. I love that. And I feel like that's such a intimate and like trusting kind of dynamic with photography. So how did you get into boudoir? Like, did you always think you were going to do boudoir? I always knew that I wanted to. So when I was in college, I I had been shooting weddings since I was like 15 or 16 and kind of like came in with the Canon Rebel Boom. Um, <laughs> everyone knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So came in with the Canon Rebel Boom, started shooting weddings and then got to college and was just so burnt out because I was like working full time, going to school full time, shooting weddings. So I put photography down for a while and then I knew that I wanted it to come back but I knew that I didn't want to shoot weddings. And I've just like always been a huge champion of like women, self-love, empowerment, 
whatever. And every boudoir session that I'd done, I had loved. So I was like, all right, well, let's just take a stab at it. And so I was in, I was living in Oregon and like wildly depressed and basically just needed to start creating again. And that's where it came back out. And I just kind of went for it. I felt like I had nothing to lose. I wasn't mm-hmm. like concerned about what people in my hometown were thinking because I was 3000 miles away. And then, yeah, ran with it. I love that. And how has yeah. it, how did it kind of look that I feel like it's like the TikTok trend where it's like how it was <laughs> and like how it's going now. Like, did you always have this approach to it where it was like very feminine? I almost like think of like the divine feminine when I look at your work, mm, like it just mm-hmm. feels very like, like, I'm just like, oh, I feel like I would feel holy, <laughs> like getting like photographed. I like love this. That. I'm like, it's so, I just love it. It's so phenomenal. Did it start with that kind of approach or did you start with just like general boudoir and did like your mission behind it kind of evolve or has it always been like that? No, it was very much mission first. Um, You know, when I would do like bridal boudoir back when I was shooting weddings, that was, you know, very different. But when I kind of came into that like renaissance of my photography career, I was very much like I want it to be for women. I want it to be very like raw and natural. Um, So I was in, you know, like I said, in Oregon, which is a beautiful state. So I would like find models on Instagram and we would go drive up into the mountains or drive up into the valley and like, I don't know, get naked in a flower field. And so, yeah, that was like the beginning. And, oh, you know, I so love that. Good. <laughs> right. So it's, um, you know, definitely evolved just based on the logistics of running a high volume studio. Like mm-hmm. I can't take all my clients out to the mountains, but it was very much, you know, a non-traditional approach to boudoir. Love that. I'm like, please come to LA and photograph me like in the water. Like I want to feel like a like, mermaid goddess. Yes. That that's is low-key my dream. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal is to get like a beach house with a private beach oh. so we can just do nothing but ocean boudoir. Because <laughs> I literally love the dream. it. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like that would be so empowering and just like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. oh, well, I can't wait to see you do that. Cause I'm like, I'll be hitting you up immediately as soon as beach, yeah, beach boudoir is the thing. Um, so, okay. I have lots of questions. Okay. Um, I would love to start by knowing what that plunge was like for you into this, because one, I think boudoir is a niche in and of itself. Like that's a very specific type of photography. Um, and then you got even more specific. And I feel like for a lot of people, getting that specific feels really scary. Like, do you feel like you were met with any fear of getting like that niched out or are you just like the most confident person ever? Maybe, maybe (laughs) there's definitely, I don't even know if I would qualify it as fear. I think I just kind of had like cool kid syndrome where I was like, nobody gets me and there's no education for me because I I don't fit in anywhere, you know? And I was just like, I was going through it. I had no idea who I was, you know, it was three or four years ago and I was on the cusp of like a huge identity shift, but, um, I definitely felt like I didn't really know my place, but I knew that it resonated with people. Um, so yeah, there are definitely some times where it was hard to say no to people who did want really, really sexy boudoir. And that was just not what I was offering. Um, but for the most part, I think, having that really specific niche has served me better than anything because um, I hear it all the time on my console calls. People are like, I've wanted to have a boudoir session forever, but I've never found somebody that like doesn't do it really sexy. And I'm just so grateful that, you know, I stumbled upon your Instagram 
because you finally, like, I finally feel like I found somebody that's offering what I'm looking for. So yeah, I love that. Definitely came with challenges, but I don't know if I would qualify it as fear. No, but I love that you said that because I think that's so powerful for people to know that like when you do get so specific, that's when like the really passionate customers come in, like Mm -hmm. because you're giving them something so passionate to be passionate about, like they just match your energy, which is the best. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, you know, talk about like being unpriced shoppable and that starts with like really, really like honoring your creativity And when you like follow through on that, exactly what you said, people like recognize that passion um, and then also can't go find it anywhere else because it's something that's like really unique to you. So I love that. Okay. I would love to talk about price shoppable because this has been, Uh, oh, I feel like, you know, when you're on the internet and you just like follow someone and like everything they post and say, you're just like (laughs) waiting. That's how I felt about you the last couple of months. Like I am just obsessed with this self love growth, like like I don't like hype up that you have been on. Like it has just been so fun to watch. So I would love to know what prompted this. Like, was it a big shift? Tell me about the last several months. The last several months. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a pretty wild shift. Um, so back, like the timeline was I started my business in October of 2018 and I was just dirt dirt, dirt poor, like no money whatsoever. And I was working quite literally from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. between shooting and my jobs, seven or my job waiting tables seven days a week. And I was still out of money all the time. Like a literal $200 emergency would have like turned my month upside down. Um, And so I started learning about in-person sales, which is a, you know, different way of pricing yourself. And then kind of made the jump into that feet first and made a $2,000 sale after that. And so I had been charging like 400 and then I found out that I actually could charge 2000. And so, um, yeah, over the last couple of months of just kind of like refining that, um, figuring out what I believe is like an equal energetic exchange, um, in terms of, yeah, what I'm offering and what my clients are paying me, setting boundaries, setting really good studio policies, my it's wild just how much has changed as a result of all of that sort of stuff. And then I realized that like some of my favorite photographers that I follow where I'm like, I cannot believe that I am existing in the same generation as you because you create such beautiful work. Some of these people were still charging like three, four, five hundred dollars a session. And I was like, okay, you know, we have to have a conversation about again, equal energetic exchange about you know, being your own best boss about paying yourself, not just a living wage, but a thriving wage, all of that. And it goes hand in hand with empowerment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like I empower women through my boudoir photography. And then I also want to empower photographers through like pricing strategy, you know? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I would love to hear more (laughs) about all this because everything you're saying, I'm like, I think the power and like the attention to an equal energetic exchange we just don't give it enough attention or think about Mm -hmm. it enough. And I think as artists, we get really hung up on loving our jobs and feeling like we can't profit because we love them, which I'm like, that is just like pure capitalism, like garbage over the Mm -hmm. last several hundred years. Um, so I would love to know more about like what this journey was like for you and kind of discovering 
what you were worth and how to make this like a clean synergetic relationship of like just the energy exchange. Yeah, totally. I think, um, a lot of it was, you know, trial and error, um, and just playing with my prices and not feeling so precious about them. Cause there have been times where I've raised my prices and I'm like, I'm hearing a lot of no's that was fun. Not really, maybe not the right time for it. Um, and there have been times where I'm hearing nothing but yeses. And I'm like, okay, that's a really good time for me to raise my prices. If it's not working, we can find somewhere in the middle. Um, but yeah, really just like playing with it. Um, and then using intuition to figure out, you know, what my prices should be, what really like feels good. Cause we look at like money and you know, for lack of a better word, more of a masculine sense most mm-hmm. of the time. And it's been really, really fun to approach money from more of a feminine, like energetic sense of like, does this feel good to make this amount of money from a shoot? Does it feel like I'm taking more than I'm giving or vice versa? Does it feel like I'm giving more than I'm taking and really finding what that equilibrium is, you know, on a quarterly basis, probably. Ooh, ooh, I love this because I'm just like mixing intuition with business has just like, I have been on a kick with this lately. So Uh I would love to know one, I'm like, just more about that as a general concept, (laughs) but have you always had like a really good relationship with your intuition with your business? Or is it something that you kind of had to make the intention to bring in? No. Yeah, I definitely, it has been, um, a muscle that I've had to learn how to use, not even just in business, but just in life. You know, when I was in my early twenties, I was not trusting of myself at all. You know, I just kind of went with what I thought looked good and disregarded what felt good. Um, but then I think, you know, transitioning into like running a business full-time transitioning into like running a high volume studio, the intuition has to be there. And so it was just kind of like a sink or swim sort of situation. Um, And then also like there have been very specific situations where I have used my intuition and it has panned out beautifully um, to the point where like, I will literally like, if I have a big decision, I'll do like a full body scan and I can like physically locate where that like intuitive ping is. And it's like, that's been a really, really fun practice in terms of like, making business decisions, you know, again, it's a muscle. So like the more and more times I've used my intuition, quote unquote, successfully, the easier it is for me to kind of follow through with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the idea of a full body scan too. Oh, yeah. I think we all, I'm like, I can always feel how almost like call it like a man-made, but I know that's like, like I can feel anxiety or things that like aren't my intuition in my chest. Like it's always my chest that feels those things. Mm-hmm. Whereas my actual intuition is in my stomach. Like my yeah. gut will feel it so, so much. So I was going to ask you like, yeah, where, where have you kind of found those speak to like in your body? Yeah. Mine is usually like right underneath like the dip of my ribs. And um, like, it's usually underneath there, but like kind of in the very center of my body versus anxiety. I like this, um, this distinction because anxiety and intuition like are usually very conflicting, Mm -hmm. but anxiety is usually like at the front of my body and it's like in my chest. So, you know, that's a rule of thumb. Sometimes like it'll be hiding somewhere else, but for the most part, that's kind of how I can differentiate between the two. Oh, I love that. And I just love it. I just think it's so fun. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful. I love hearing from other people that have started or like do this. Cause I'm 
starting to do this too and try to rebuild my relationship with my intuition. And I think it's so cool to see the success that people have with it. Like, it's not just this thing where it's like, yeah, it feels good, whatever. Like it actually has led you to so much success. So I would love to know kind of like some big shifts that you've seen since you started doing this. Yeah. I think the biggest shift is that I have prioritized ease. Um, so when I started my business, like working hard, being exhausted, being stressed, like that's how I knew that I was like doing a good job. That's what felt, you know, worthwhile to me. And that burnt me out in a very significant way. And now my governing principle for literally everything is if it's easy, it's for me. Um, Mm -hmm. if it's not easy, not to say it's not going to require hard work, but if I'm like really having to kind of like, you know, claw my way through a situation, that's not for me. That's not where my energy is going to be best spent. Um, so that's another like litmus test that I do, you know, if I'm making a decision, intuition comes first. And then as I'm moving through the process, I'm always asking like, okay, is this easy? Is it flowing? Or is it feeling like a lot of friction? Is it feeling like a lot of, um, just energy expenditure. So yeah, that was a really, really major shift is like not feeling like I had to punish myself in order to get everything I wanted out of life and become successful and pay my bills easily, you know? Cause that's another tenet of capitalism is that we like sell our souls and sell our bodies and sell our well being, And that's kind of the trade-off mm-hmm. to living a good life. Mm-hmm. And I don't really buy into that at all. Yeah. No, I'm like, I shared a video on my TikTok last night because <laughs> I fall into that. This is like, I am a generator. So I just like, I mm. love working. It has always been mm. my identity is that I just, I love a good work set. Like I just work <laughs> too much. And I have been seeing these videos on TikTok lately where like the first one was like, she was literally like filming herself swimming in the ocean. And she was like, I'm swimming in the Indian ocean. And I'm thinking about an email I have to send later. <laughs> like this is living or like, there's another one last night and he's like, I'm hiking with my best friend. It's so beautiful. And I'm thinking about work. Like this is oh. the American dream. And I was like, <laughs> I hate that this is relatable, like, yeah. but it is, I think we've over like by no fault of our own, really. Cause I think it's just been the culture in the world for a very, very long time is just that like our worth is founded upon how hard we work. And it's almost like a badge of honor, how much we're suffering because of it, which is like a huge shift that I think we're starting to make, but like definitely just dipping our toe into the fact that we don't actually have to be miserable to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. I would love to know how you have, cause I've seen you like treat yourself and kind of step <laughs> into this life of ease. And I'm just like, fuck Daytona is having like the best time I'm living <laughs> for it. I love it. So I would love to know how this shift into ease and the step into ease has kind of like manifested into like the juxtaposition of your personal and business life. Like how have both kind of improved by stepping into this ease? Totally. Um, for one, I have a lot better boundaries around work. I feel very blessed to be able to say I'm not the kind of creative that's on their phone answering emails. Like my clients know I'm off on Fridays and Saturdays. My clients, you know, sometimes they'll text me and I'll be like, I need you to send this in an email. Thank you. I love you. Nothing's wrong. It's just easier for me. Um, so yeah, setting like really good boundaries um, has definitely allowed me to kind of 
have like space in my day and space in my week and my month for like just genuine pleasure where I'm like detached um you know and I know that that kind of comes with the territory of doing portraits versus weddings like nothing is really that urgent about your boudoir session in six weeks Mm -hmm. versus something can be very urgent about your wedding in six weeks um but yeah definitely having really good boundaries around work has like allowed me to like create space for just a lot of fun and a lot of pleasure and rest and I forget exactly what you asked. Oh no. I just, I think I'm like, I also, cause I just got like wrapped up in your answer, which I love. Cause I'm like, I also love boundaries. That's something I yeah. preach till the day I die is that business owners yeah. need better boundaries. Um, I think it was, the question was like how your business and personal life have improved by. Students. Oh, how they've improved. Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's definitely a huge improvement to not have to worry about like, am I going to pay for groceries or the electric bill first? Um, you know, which one is going to go past due? That's been a huge improvement for sure. Um, but then beyond that, you know, having that space to like really, really think about like, okay, what do I want now that I've kind of transcended from surviving into like a baseline thriving? How can I expand on that thriving? And so it's recently looking like lots of time off, Mm -hmm. um, resting in the middle of my day if I need it, resting. Yeah. Um, trips now that we're allowed to do that again. Um, I am prioritizing, like a quarterly trip. I'm not sure if I want to do just me because I really, really love alone time. I might do some with friends, some with my boyfriend, but um, I'm feeling like alone trips, solo trips to places that I've never been and like kind of going out all out on like meals and hotels and stuff like that because I definitely have bougie taste. I've discovered that. Love that. Yes. So yeah, I mean, all around just having a lot of fun, experiencing a lot of joy and not having that like pressure of not having money on me all the time. It's really, really nice to not have to think about money literally 24 seven. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, what advice would you give to someone like, or even to yourself, like a year or two ago when you're like in that hustle stage where you're just like, I don't even Mm -hmm. get how to like, cause I feel like all business owners, I did it. We like hit that peak where we are just like, you just cap, like you cannot do it at that rate anymore, but you're also like, what do I do to fix this? Like, how do we get our head above water here and like start stepping into a thriving zone rather than just like making it work every single day? Literally just raising your prices. Honestly. I mean that I, you know, can give like super fluffy answers all day long, but nothing has made as much of a difference in my business and my life as increasing my income, you know? Um, So it, I mean, is super cut and dry to me. I wish I would have raised prices sooner. Um, Obviously there was a lot of learning to be done in that like intense hustle phase, but really, you know, understanding that even as a beginner, like I deserved to make a living wage and a thriving wage was definitely a very big shift. Mm-hmm. And a, yeah, that's really my best advice. No, and I love, it's like simple and sweet, but I do think people just need to hear that more often. Like I'm like, yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, I would bet money that you're not charging what you're worth at the end of the day. Yeah. Like most people aren't like, and worth is so subjective anyway. Like as long Mm -hmm. as you think it's worth that price, which again, I think is where like, yeah, like you said, intuition comes in, someone else will find it worth it too. Like that it, Mm -hmm. it really is so subjective and everyone thinks different things are worth something. 
Right. And there's only so much like mindset work you can do before you get into the actual mechanics of like, I just need more money. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to be like manifest and stuff when I was like, I can't put gas in my car. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to literally walk to work today. Thank God it was like half a mile away. But you know, Mm -hmm. that's a really, really difficult space to be moving in if you're constantly feeling that lack. And so it really is just taking the plunge and saying, okay, like just need to increase the amount of money coming into my accounts. Oh, I love that. I think that that's really powerful because yeah, my mindset and manifestation is a huge part of the work, but it's not all of it. I'm like, I'm not a huge, like, I do not believe in manifesting in the sense of like money just appears for you. Like it's Mm -hmm. not going to work that way. You have to do the work to match like what you're wanting the universe to match and raising your prices is one of the easiest ways to do it. But for some reason it feels like the scariest. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's definitely the scariest, but then also the simplest, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can't have one without the other, exactly what you just said. Like you can't just like you know, manifest, I'm going to have a $20,000 month. If your, you know, sessions are costing 300, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's really, really difficult um, to pull that off. I'm sure it's been done, but it's a lot easier to say, I'm going to have a $20,000 month and now it costs $2,000 to work with me. You know? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, I love that so much. Okay. (laughs) So I would love to know in the last, when do you feel like you kind of made this shift? Was it like in the last year or when did this kind of start? Yeah, definitely in the last year, um, actually right as the pandemic hit. So like mid-March last year, it like gotten my prices together. I felt really comfortable about them. And then I just like ran this crazy sale on session fees. It wasn't even that crazy. It was like half off. Um, And I make most of my money outside of my session fees. That's like what IPS is, but Mm -hmm. we won't have to get in that. And so um Yeah, I did that. And then I ended up booking like 15 or 16 in the course of a week. And so I was like officially booked up through, um, you know, the summer. And yeah, that was a big shift of like feeling like there was enough and feeling like I had the momentum to really just kind of like make that space for myself, explore. And then it was like consistent money coming in as soon as we were able to like meet in person. I was like, booked and busy, but I also wasn't like up to the gills, um, Mm -hmm. stressed about it. And that was like the first time I had felt really, really balanced in my business and felt like there was enough coming in for me to handle, but not so much that I was like freaking out and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, what has been, cause I'm like, that's a big shift to make right as we go into like a global pandemic too. Oh yeah. Like casual, (laughs) super casual timing on that. Um, what has been like your favorite part of the last year during this growth? Like, do you have a moment where you were just like, damn it, this is so amazing. Yeah. I think the first time shooting in my new studio, cause I was shooting out of a shared studio and it was like way, way, way far away. And this, so basically I had an apartment, I bought a house and then I kept the apartment as a studio. And that's what I've been working out of. And that apartment was super special to me. I had like really come into my own there. I loved it. And so bringing my business into that space as well. And like the culmination of all of that coming together. And it was like, I just got a mortgage and I'm still able to pay rent and like, you know, have fun on the weekends. That was like a really, really beautiful, just coming together of everything. Oh, I love that. That's like such a like serendipitous moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where like, 
the story of me getting that apartment was like the first time I had realized that things that are for me will be easy. And it was like getting the house was super easy when it shouldn't have been. And like my landlord literally could not have cared less about me keeping the apartment and shooting in it. And it was just like everything I had wanted, like over the course of the 12 months prior had just like slid into place. And I really did not feel like I had to like claw and like kick and scream my way through it. It was just like, okay, it's here. It's happening. The universe is taking care of it. I love that. Ooh. Okay. So what's up next for you? Do we have like (laughs) big plans? Is there anything on the horizon? Like what's upcoming for you? Um, so opening a new studio, um, which is, yeah, I know huge and it's a massive studio. It's like literally a pink Victorian house (gasps) down the street for me. It's yes, it's perfect. And the story of me getting that super easy, super fun. Um, so yeah, dream studio space just kind of fell into my lap. So that's happening in a couple of weeks and then launching some education all around the nuts and bolts of pricing. Oh my um, god! Yeah. Yeah. And then launching a boudoir mastermind. I have not said that anywhere, but I'm saying, oh my it gosh. Uh, yeah, that's probably going to be in September, October. I still got to kind of flesh Huge. all of that out, but yeah, I'm like ready to make that jump into working with other photographers. Oh my gosh. Wait, that is like so many huge things. I'm <laughs> so excited for you. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. That is so many things. I'm so pumped for you. I'm excited. It's oh. definitely, yeah, a little daunting, a little overwhelming, but if I've learned anything, it's just the fact that like me stressing the fuck out about stuff literally does not make it easier. So I might as well just take it as it comes. Let it come. Let it be easy. I love that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. I love that. Um, okay. So to end every podcast interview, we ask the same question and it doesn't okay. have to be related to what we just talked about. It can be anything, but what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Oh, the best piece of it. Oh my gosh. I know it. Yes. I Feel love one fear. Love yes. This. Yes. Okay. Best piece of advice. It's from this cool ass Instagram account. I don't know how to say it. Subliming that JPEG. Oh yeah. Like sublime JPEG or something. Yes. Who knows? I have no idea. Love them. Um, But they posted something and it was just feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. And that's the guiding principle. I love that. Ooh, I love that. Cause a little bit of fear is nothing to fear. I'm like, it happens all the time to everyone. Literally ever. So normal. Mm -hmm. And that's where the good shit is. I love that. Okay. So tell us where we can find you on the interwebs. We will obviously link everything, but for those listening, where can they find you? Um, my Instagram is Daytona Lomedy underscore boudoir. Um, and then my website is Daytona Lomedy photography.com. Love that. We love a consistent name brand. I'm like, every time I ask people and it's just their name, I'm like, we love Love it so much. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Daytona, for being on the podcast. It's yes, thank so you for having me. Finally chat with you. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us and like all your little wisdom. And I appreciate it so much. It's been so lovely. Of course, this was awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye.